How do you put a price tag on that? You know? How do you put a price bucks? tag on love? That might as well be on our fucking business dude, card, you fucking guy. Today's episode. Wait, um, oh, dude, I had a thought, and then what my it, stoner brain let it fly what away like a fart it? in the wind. Um, ah, it's gone. Fart um, in the wind. Let's do the podcast. Let's do this show. damn thing. Let's do this, Let's damn, do this thing. damn thing. It's Gearbud's podcast thing. Yeah, that's the thing. It's Gearbud's podcast episode 176. I might have had a little hash before this thing started. <laughs> Gearbud's podcast episode 176. My name's Henry. His name is Dave. Hello. And we like to hang out and talk into microphones and post it on the internet every mm-hmm. week. And this is us doing it together with right you. Now. Let's dive in. The Symphony of Corrections. Here's your weekly reminder. Cables are tone tubes. That they are. And here's our weekly thank you for listening to this because you, you might notice we always make sure at the top of the show to take time out to say thank you. And I just wanted to highlight that point because we really mean it. We we're super thankful for anyone that ever listens to this jibber jabber that we post out there. You could be it's spending nonsense. your time doing anything else and you chose to hang out with us. So thank you, you for that. It means you might a lot. be multitasking too as well. You might I be hope working. you're multitasking. Maybe you're That'd at the wonderful. office. Maybe you're in the car in traffic. Maybe you have to press pause and rewind it and go back to the good parts where I'm dropping some freaking knowledge on, or Dang Dave's right. talking about the coolest movie you never dang saw. That's right. We're thankful to do this and have the opportunity to do it with you. So thank you. That's all. And if you want, go follow us on the stuff. Subscribe on the stuff. Email us at the stuff. Podcast at gmail.com. And if you reach out, we will shout you out. Mm-hmm. So I'd just like to say that. And uh, also, I want to say go buy stuff from the Reverb Shop. Uh, in fact, I sold like two things the past couple of days. So I think only the Aria is left up there right now. I've got. It means that it's time to re-up, refill the I know a few shop. things that could be going up there soon, I'm and sure I'm not going to spoil any surprises. No, don't spoil the surprises. Thanks, Davies. And uh, speaking of surprises, oh, boy, that EB2 has really... It's really came out of its shell. It's, My friend, I I don't think I've been more excited about a gear purchase I've made. Uh, and I you will recall I got that three thirty like maybe yeah. less than a year. <laughs> Pretty ago. excited about that, yeah. This thing hit. This is oh wow. It's I just want to say damn you because <laughs> I thought I was satisfied with my bass collection, just having the the jazz bass and the P bass and the fretless, and now you son of a bitch, I feel like I need a EB two because it just sounds so good. It's a cool. Th- it's a cool thing. It's so cool. The the. The Mudbucker, if you will, we're gonna to oh, me, we're, dude. We're gonna spend a bunch of time talking about Mudbuckers. Sounds so. like nothing on anything I've ever played. Yeah, yeah. I it's I before we I, we are like I said we're gonna we'll talk get about back Mudbuckers, to it. But I I want to just say that about the name. I it kind of really bothers me. Like it, it's yeah. funny, but it's like it's it's. I've never even taken it seriously for so long. And by the way, I've said I said some things about it last week that were totally wrong. So we're going to correct that as well. But uh, I, dude, it does. I know it, it does sounds a like cool a mean thing, thing to say. It like, it sounds like a really mean thing. Yeah, it's an insult. Call it like the the butter bottom or something. And like and, that. and I'll and I'm going to get into why I think it got that name. But we'll, we'll, let's you know what? Let's get let's just stay away from the mud bucket for a second because I want to talk about <laughs> those freaking. Uh, flat wounds, dude. Yeah, yeah. So you put the roto sounds on there. Dave gave me a set of roto sounds out of the from the kindness of hey, the bottom of his heart. I keep, and I keep old strings. Bag. I'm weird like that. And they and they were and I just gave them a little clean. I gave the bass a full freaking bath. I mean, <laughs> you'll you know that it, it looked like a vintage bass. Now it kind of looks. I'm not going to say it looks like a new bass, but it looks like a clean. Vintage you can bass. see the um the inlays a lot better too. From like oh, the fretboard yeah. down, I gave the the rosewood needed two full it looked, I, two coats, two full of lemon oil. Just treatments. soaked it up. 
like soaked it up. You know, I rubbed it out, and then it's like, <laughs> and then you go back to the front, and you're like, oh, it already is dry. And out. then I did yeah. it again, and then it I looks went so lush, and did man. a full fret dress on it. Yeah, because those frets were pretty grody. Yeah, you sent friends. me some some before and after shots, which we will not share because they're <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> Which uh, you know, I mean, some people t- you say you gotta leave a stink on the base. I or no. the, I don't know, man. The, like, the, it was pretty gross. You know when I think it's appropriate to clean your base when? or your guitar yes. when you get it, and like if you get it new. Or okay, you get so it I used, can never clean it ever again. Is well, what you're saying. clean it obviously, but like the, my point is now it's yours because you've cleaned off. Sure, whoever sure. had it before. Yeah, I feel that. Get the other stinker. That, yeah, that, like the get that someone else's stink. stink no. uh, and I, the combination of the freshy frets and the I mean super clean neck. By the way, like that made a big difference. And then those freaking flat wounds. Yeah. The, oh wait, and by the way, we've really saved the best for last. The freaking EMG pickup. Yep. <laughs> I, look, are you going to make me be the first one to say that I actually really like how it sounds now? I like how it sounds. <laughs> it's different. <laughs> it's so di- it's clacky and it's like super, super bright, modern, super clacky. Uh, and it the worst part, and you one hundred percent, and not that this is not the worst part, but the best part is that you actually called it one hundred percent. Yeah. When I got in there, and you're like, please send me pictures. When I got in there, I popped it open and underneath somebody the pickup, just threw a battery in there it, oh it was it was carefully wrapped in foam which had completely disintegrated Melted, but like also sort of caked itself onto the pickup so i cleaned all that or onto the uh, i should say onto the uh, battery mm-hmm. cleaned all that out it honestly the route i it's it's a it's a pretty clean route <laughs> and it's also I think probably big enough for something a little bigger, but it, it's it's you know not much because you don't see it anywhere yeah. beyond the uh, pickup ring on there. I think you know if there was a pickup that like was maybe a little bit slightly because we found also found out I don't think we shared this last time that route is a pick a, a standard electric guitar humbucker size because oh. that pickup is the EMG HD or HB H- HDD HB, I think is yeah. what it's called H- HB HB HDD yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, it they designed it to be uh, the same size as oh, a standard electric so you, guitar humbucker. Okay, route, and so there's probably which many, is two and a half options. two and a half inches by one and a half, I think. Sure. Like that. So there's probably more options if you decide to switch it out. So I many, and and yeah. should I switch it out? I, I believe that I've decided on the Seric because it is the exact yeah. correct size, and it'll sound badass. But here's the thing, dude, and we might as well just get into it. It's time to talk about the mudbucker because yeah. The reason I'm saying that is that EMG is an active pickup with a battery. Sure is. Long term, having the battery under the pickup, just it's so horrible. (laughs) I'm hoping we're going to see. I mean, you know, uh, I'll be able to figure out what day I put that battery in there, how long it lasts. With just don't leave it plugged in. Remember, hundred percent. Great gear bud tip right there. Total touching tips with Dave. Touching that tip. We haven't touched any tips (laughs) in a minute. In a while, dude. And the mudbucker. It turns out. It, it, well, I so okay. So first of all, let me correct the mistake that I made. Okay, it is a humbucker design. I ah. I thought because of the placement of a, those like poles in the middle, coil or something? it was a single coil, right? Uh, because that's the standard way you'd wind a pickup. Like sure. that's like it's like basically like I thought it was like a big P ninety under there. Okay, it turns out that it is actually a what they call a double coil sidewinder design. So imagine you're looking at, looking at it from the top right now, like looking at it start, starting from the bottom of the fretboard going down. Mm-hmm. The ba- basically it goes magnet, sideways coil, the pull pa- pieces in the middle, sideways coil, and another magnet. So oh, there's magnet okay. sand. It's a magnet sandwich with the yeah. magnets as the bun. Nice. Sideways coils is the meat, 
and, the, and I'm again sideways coils instead of facing up they're facing sideways so that they're both interacting with the pole pieces in the middle oh, it's a pretty freaking cool design and i've never how... seen anything else like that is it just the gibson that does that or i wonder if the fender one's like that too the fender the Fe- okay so fender does they have a, a humbucker the mid 70s was the it was the, the it was there that was basically like a scaled wide range pickup uh that's right that's a wide range. i, I yeah. checked it out so uh <clears throat> it turns out also a little side tange uh the ripper mm-hmm. that that pickup that goes in there is a basically a small version like a oh. shrunk down version of that mud bucket that makes pickup. sense gibson design uh, so in ordinary pickups a coil surrounds magnetic poles or ferrite poles with magnets on the bottom a humbucker has two pickups put right up next against each other usually in phase with each other to reduce hum here we go a mud bucker is only one pickup with one set of poles with one coil on either side of it so it, but it is still technically a humbucker design uh it's the i'm not gonna go into, uh, okay here's a deal this is the most important part, I think, and why I, I again thought to think to talk about this with the EMG. I think I know why they put this pickup in this base. That specific pickup, correct? Why specifically a high output, active pickup? Can I guess? Please, drugs. Well, <laughs> the seventies. I should hope. Yeah, I was really hoping for a little gross little nickel I bag mean, inside there. So for me, dude, next guitar that I I sell, I'm yeah, gonna, I'm gonna leave an old bag of weed or something or a little, little treat inside the, dust in there <laughs> dust and like maybe someday someone will find it yeah anyway, i've sorry. heard stories about people finding Good. weed in guitars before what was okay so you're oh, <clears throat> was drugs your real guess or was that no just, no no um well I, i'm just i'm being funny yeah, you like podcasts uh, i like podcasting um what i think i mean what i would do because it's so boomy on the mudbucker yeah that you just want the opposite sound so it's just more of like a you know, that's just my analysis of why I would put in. Okay. Like that would be a choice of mine. That was not that. I, that is not what I'm going to get at. But I think that's a totally valid yeah. thought for but sure. Ideally, though, you'd be able to blend the two and then have both. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that the reason they chose that pickup is specifically because it could keep up an output because your standard, you know, we'll say like, okay, we'll just say like a <clears throat> PAF style guitar mm-hmm. humbucker. Sure. That's going to measure. There's uh, the. Uh, this is v- pretty reductive when people talk about this, but it's a good sort of baseline for having a conversation. But anyways, they measure uh, like a PAF style humbucker, maybe in the like we'll say seven to eight k yeah. kilo ohm range. Sure, right. That mudbucker, I didn't measure it specifically yet, but in general, yeah, they are thirty <laughs> what thousand ohms. No so way, thirty k. Oh my god, yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, dude. Holy shit. So they're super high output. And what happens, and because not only are they super high output, but the combination of that with the placement of literally, almost, I mean, it butts up against the fretboard. So you get a super, super strong fundamental bass. You, there aren't a lot of, it's like really, really strong on the fundamental. It, there aren't a, lot, a ton of harmonics going around it. So you really only get the bottom end with it. So it's a combination, super high output. Yeah placement and then the fact that it's only getting the the bottom end from it from from it it's that's the combination of why i think people call the mudbucker because they don't understand how to use it yeah. it really you got you you've got to be like you can't run in, it into like the high input right on your you know on your you amp or something you got to put it in the low gain channel you, yeah. you know it's like there are things that you have to do to you can't you can't just expect to plug that in after having your p bass in and yep. for it to sound as cool without like EQing you gotta move, move some stuff around yeah that makes perfect sense. but you can still get to as we've been 
as we were jamming earlier, yeah, some pretty ripping sounds, man. Yeah, and you you got it dialed in nicely on this it's, thing. Too. Yeah, it does. It, and I, I all I do is just, I've got the you know, you're gonna like this. I've got the mids boosted, bud. Hey, what did I know? tell you? It's it just I want you get a little bit of the clank. You you want a little? I want a little more. Just a little more attack finger sound than you yeah. get. I don't have the bass boosted at all and you hear i mean even on this like combo yeah, you practice it's at, like amp, zero or something it's it's yeah oh well it's it's an active preamp so it's at zero meaning like that's just like default but it's not yeah. boosted or cut at yes all. so it's okay. like whatever like new d- so, so yeah it's flat basically, flat exactly right? um yeah i mean i don't know i think it sounds fucking awesome man i really 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 like it it's so much bottom end it's like it almost it almost kind of feels like a synth bass or something yeah in some ways when you do it like and and the combination of that with those super silky smooth mm-hmm. flat wounds yeah those help a lot <sighs> well we were even saying it was almost getting like a justin chancellor kind of tool tone to well it. with the em that emg yeah that it, it's which all those the he plays wall bases and those have active they have, yeah a lot of them sure that, so uh so i was i did look there are novak makes a replacement <clears throat> mud bucker though i would never replace that nah, one i wouldn't they, they make one called a fat bucker and then there's also the bisonic pickup which fits in that same size which i guess that's a novak that's that's a Brand. novak deal uh demarzio makes actually a pretty affordable one called the dp 120 i think billy sheehan uses it okay maybe? it's the model one pickup uh, but it's not. It turns out that it's not the same design with the sideways coils. It's just like a humbucker designed to look like uh, whatever. But it fits in that size. And and then the last thing is that also, yeah, a Fender does make. Their, they it was like their take on it, and, and yeah. it was basically like a wide range humbucker, not the same design as a mudbucker. But you know, could be a potentially cool thing to check out. Anyways, I was uh, scrolling through the old reverbs today, oh. actually just before I came over, and somebody had a custom shop P bass, like the Tele style, like the fifties, you know the telly headstock and mm-hmm. all that um but it was a custom shop and instead of the single coil that's usually in the standard spot they had it moved back towards the bridge there was no single coil and there was like a tv jones pickup in oh. and i almost sent it to you and i just forgot but i think that would also fit in there oh. look the same size and it's such, it's a nice looking dude it's too. so cheesy and i hate to admit it but i hate the way that the emg looks in there so it's yeah. like I, I don't want it, but I it also, doesn't look vintage. I enough, do kind of like how it sounds. Sounds good. So it's, and I don't want to mess with that. I told you, just throw that chrome cover over there and just call it a day. Man. Uh, I, the chrome cover doesn't fit. Oh, no, really? No. That's probably just why they took it that's off. That's why then. it's off. Oh, that sucks. I, it would also, I'll, I'll be real, I couldn't play with that. It yeah. would interfere too much with like my hand. Mm-hmm. I, I play, a, I, I, I really, really like uh, palm muting. On yes, base. yes, and that would that would that would fuck it for me because I, I got these it. big mitts, you know. Yeah, I'd be I'd be curious to hear that like in a band setting, you know. I think if you, we were I mean we were we were, we were nerding down a little bit before we yeah. we got on these mics and we were talking about how cool it would be, and I think it might already be set up to do this with the stereo output. You run Dude. an output from the Mudbucker to its own bottom end 18 inch kind of deal and then you were saying like we could put the emg into something with like some two tens two ten or one even like a one ten yeah. yeah, or a one ooh, a 112 get yeah, a little, almost nice. a little more guitar-y kind of yeah, deal going absolutely. on uh that that would be a you pretty have the means. ridiculous rig i do i do have the I mean, means to at least test the theory I, I well the thing is is i i'm not positive if that if they put the stereo output on there right. that thing the the real reason i actually really do want to change that pickup is because the freaking electronics are just a little wonksters yeah you know yeah we heard some crackling there's some crackle dogs and something's touching down there things it's so i would prefer it to just just a nice clean and stuff to start fresh uh in that regard too and and i really think it's because you're 
combining a passive and active pickup and their circuits are interacting yeah, and magnets and wires stuff's and going freaking shit, on down there dog yeah all i know is it sounds fucking killer man like, it sounds I, killer and it I plays s- great too i still might put that fancy hip shot bridge on it because i do yeah. think uh that it would be uh, the reason being that that you cannot intonate that bridge it's just a fucking bar <laughs> right and and i d- up the fretboard uh, which is kind of my favorite thing to do with that bass i can f- i feel like it, it gets, gets a little, a little i might get a little little fret a little sharp so <clears throat> oh, i kind of want to be able to intonate it properly it'd be worth it i mean you're going to keep that bass for a while that so, bass is yeah. not going anywhere right so like, uh, i dude seriously that, the, the reason worth the, investment. the reason that, that i mean partially that's just new but the reason that i'm mostly excited about it over the 330 is that the 330 i mean i got a good deal but it was still like basically market price this i like i still don't smashing know. i don't know it just doesn't make any sense you know what's so funny because now i'm I, maybe it's this is one of those weird things where you're like oh i like i know you have this and now i'm seeing them all over reverb and uh, shit. oh like when you get a car and then all of a sudden every you see the car everywhere yeah exactly um yeah i've seen a bunch and a bunch of cherry ones and I what mean, are they going for people are asking between 35 and five thousand. <laughs> yeah i haven't seen one under three thousand because those are so much harder to find than like the EBOs or the EB3s. That's true. You know, you do see way more. EBOs. Yeah, they they must have. I you know, I I meant to look it up. I don't think I did. I want to know production numbers on yeah. those things because yeah. I would have to imagine that it's way easier to manufacture the freaking just like slab SG versus a freaking hollow body. That's what instrument. I'm thinking. This is more time to take way to more build. time and work. Yeah, exactly. And I've got to be honest, that cherry, the way that it looks clean and with like the the just the grain underneath it, my, it it's like kind of my favorite gibson finish for these right at, at, at this time absolutely which is, which is normally kind of like you know i've become like the black gibson yeah thing. no it's nice to have a little color in your arsenal <laughs> you know? um no plus with the with the yellowed binding it just it looks i mean it's straight up like you know just fucking so it's just screams vintage i love it it does i have to ask you this yes is the body the same size as on like a 335 or like your 330 or anything like that? You know, I have, I still haven't I wonder stuck if it's them the next same to each body. other. Do, do you know what we should do? Put them next to each other? Let's just like take us, take these headphones off for a second. Yeah, let's check I'll it out. Grab a guitar. We'll and report we'll back, we'll back in a back. second. That was a fun experiment. All right, that was a wonderful experiment. That was a fun, just a quick little, uh, little freaking some knowledge. We had to learn something. We had to do. We had to do a little research, and by doing that, we had to go take a little field trip to my other bedroom and grab some guitars. And it turns out, folks, that they're all the exact same size. Yeah, same bodies. Three thirty-five, three thirty, and EB EB two all have the, literally the same bodies. And I wonder if there's anything different, or if maybe like if a, the center block might yeah, be different. yeah, like a different block, or you because know. that's I mean, it is definitely a different neck and different tension and such but i don't i have no idea i'm, I'm no luthier my friend yeah so we can tell you that they're the same folks. they're the same size dude you know we got to talk about something else that came up uh, via our text messaging earlier this week and that it, it's still sort of tied to these guitars frankly sure. but do you know the difference between florentine and venetian cutaways i did not until you uh informed me did, and did should, do you feel like we should share it with our friends i think the, you you would probably articulate it better yeah okay well have you ever noticed, folks, that sometimes the cutaway, and by cutaway, I think you know what I'm talking about, but if not, like the part on the guitar where if you're trying to go up high on the fretboard, they, got, they cut literally cut away yeah, part of the body your hand in there. so you can yeah. get your hand fingy boys up there. Well, typically there are two, I mean, you could take it in many different ways, but there are two main types that you'll see most of the time. One's Florentine, one's Venetian. Uh, the uh, Florentine... Uh, let's see. Right. 
Um, oh, I didn't actually put the part that I want. I, the, 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 notes that I, <laughs> dude, the notes that I have in here are about like the name itself. It's fine. So uh, tip, like the, e, the EB2 that we've got right here, that's got a freaking Venetian cutaway because it's more rounded. And then the Florentine cutaway it comes to a sharp point like you'd mm. find on, say, like a 175, ES-175, for yes, instance. Yes. A lot of it was much more common in the much larger body uh hollow bodies you can still get they, they do sell like a les paul florentine that has the florentine cutaway and i think maybe even oh, i can't remember there's there was like a maybe 295 i can't remember which other sort of les paul type guitar had mm-hmm. it but anyways w- what we were really talking about was that how i just I always assumed that those terms were because of florence and venice and italy yeah and it turns out that there is no evidence that <laughs> no either style has any connection to it uh it's as far as i can tell it looks like uh there was a u.s guitar maker in the first half of the 20th century coined the term venetian cutaway but the sharper florentine, florentine style can be traced back to 19th century french guitar maker Georges Warnick, probably Warnicke. i don't know how you say it in french but uh yeah so n- had nothing to do with italy there you uh, go. So there you go. A little Florentine versus Venetian. Well, cutaway knowledge for you. Cutaway knowledge. We're going to cut away. Dude, this, oh, this was freaking, this is a, by the way, <clears throat> a beefy symphony, I've got to say. Dude, it's um, great. We're moving right along. Hot breaking news right here that I saw via guitarworld.com right before you got here. Serial number S000001 of the Boss CE1 reverb, you know, the like that first Boss Dimension chorus pedal. Went out on sale on Reverb. Okay. The first Someone ever, had the first issue. The first the ever first made model. Boss CE1, yeah. the first off the production line. Whoa. Made in 1976, if you don't know, Boss CE1 was the first chorus effect placed in pedal format. Uh, and this one is the first off the production line. And the guy, uh, Pedal Palace, said, I once promised myself never sell this grail. It's too special, but times are tight and medical tragedies have affected my family, so here I am. Knowing what you know about the gear market, yeah, and pedals and reverb, yeah. which is where this is for sale, and collectability. I, and I looked at it, and nerds. There are f- five people had it in in their cart. <laughs> I love that. When it's I it's funny when people do that right away. Yeah, gotta ask you, bud. What's it going for? What do you think? This, What's it? What cost? do you think the asking price is on there? Jeez, and I did, uh, dude. I actually, I was so excited that you was like right before you got here. I didn't even see if there was a ball button. I don't think there was. Probably not, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna say five grand. It's just the number in my head. One million dollars. Oh, shut <laughs> up. People, oh, people think it's gonna sell. They think like they the, or the the article seemed to think really? that it might sell. The second the clon, the second clon. I have so many people. I have to five hundred thousand dollars. That's true. So, you know, there is the, if you and want, that's not even as like famous of precedent. a, you know, company, right? No, no, no not no, even, not close. even close. Right. So that's why this is, well, man, that's, I was like five grand. <laughs> I know that's why I, I almost, and I, that, to me, that seems insane to spend on a pedal. Unless like, you know, unless like fucking, you know, uh, George Harrison owned it or some shit. Like and that, even right? that still, I would like in a, in a normal, if it wasn't the first ever one, you know, like maybe like uh, 20,000 or something like, I don't know, yeah. which is still insane, but yeah. you know, that's why I would have guessed a million dollars. That's hilarious. I, the- they said it's going to sell. And in the listing, they talked about how uh, they think that, you know, in 20 years or so, or in like, you know, I don't remember exactly what the numbers were, but it was like in 10 years, it's going to be worth, worth, 20 times this or come something. on so 20 million for the up i don't know wow at least it's not an nft bud 
Yeah, it's not, but geez, it's up there with silliness on price, I think, a little bit. Real silly. I bet there's an offer button if it's a million bucks. Uh, no, I don't think it would do. I don't think it was. Wow. Okay. Would you take 925? You know, it's just like, what? I guess, yeah. Well, I guess, yeah. What kind of medical bills are a million dollars specifically? I don't know. Uh, dude, a couple more things in the symphony here. First of all, you got to use a little direct recording situation uh, via the Rev yeah. D20. I was very happy with it. And I wanted to ask you what you thought about that. Dude, so yeah, we went to redo some guitars over at our good friend Greg's. Hi, Griggers. Yeah, and he was like, I was like, I just came from doing the podcast. And he was like, you guys are still doing that? I was like, yeah, 175 episodes. Oh, that's mean. Well, he just, you Fuck know, you, Gregors. I take it back. You know. I'm, no, I'm just joking. But yeah, um, actually, people are blown away when I'm like, I'm, we've done 100, well, this is 176, I guess, now. 176. Um, but they're always like, wow, you guys really stuck with that. That's like, right. Hey, man. Um, that's almost sort of like the equivalent, wow, you guys just really, really tight. Like, you, <laughs> you really definitely, clearly practiced. Yeah, right? Like, you guys rehearse for this type of stuff? <laughs> Uh, anyways, the yeah, ref, uh, the D20, yeah, the D20. I liked it very much. So you, you'll probably be able to explain more about this than I, Sure. but from what I understand, it's very similar to a Kemper yes. in the sense that you can run it directly to the computer. Yep. Um, it sounded phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And then you have all the, you know, you can change your cabinets and all that stuff. It know, uses IRs. IRs. Thank you. That was what I was looking for. And then, um, but the cool thing about this one specifically, you can plug it into any cab and it's a powered, it has, it's a powered tube guitar head. It's a tube head. Yeah. So you can play it at gigs and you can bring 20 it to the water, studio. Hence the and name. I looked at the prices and honestly, I mean, I've seen them in mint condition for as low as like eight, 800 bucks. Oh really? I thought they were more than I like thought the 1500 I thought it would range. be like, I mean, I think brand new, maybe 15, okay. but I, I, there's tons on reverb and they come in cool colors. There's, there's a shell a pink, pink one. one. There's a white one. I was like, damn, these are sick. Cause, They're uh, cool. Because Charlie's always messing around with like he's had that Vox forever and it's mm -hmm. great, but he's like, yeah, I'd always want to just have like some kind of backup or something that I could just bring to a gig, and mm -hmm. be just lighter and easier, and uh, that would be perfect for that. So, well, you'd still need a cab. Yeah, you'd have to bring a cab. Unless, I mean, that would be an actually a, a worthwhile thing to have with. A, I know Charlie plays an AC30, and yeah. that you could absolutely plug that head into the just the speakers from Could the you? ac30 i oh, was yeah, wondering no, about that absolutely well see that makes it even and then more it becomes and then it becomes a perfect backup yeah plus it'd be it's again uh great for recording man some of the tones we were getting were excellent and we were using all real pedals and everything so it wasn't just uh you know all plugins and stuff mm -hmm. like that you know so it was, we were getting the raw sound from the head and then analog pedals so it's Beautiful setup. Cool stuff. Love yeah. new song coming soon. You're getting the, you're getting into the future before we're even in future. Gear, Dude, it's buddy. just funny because we always talk about this kind of stuff. I know, and you and got to live like, the dream. Did we ever talk about that head, the rev? No. Yeah. So it's or uh, well, we might have talked about it. We when might it came have breezed out. over I think it. We yeah. It, but like you know, I've never used it personally. Yeah. So I was impressed though. Much. I mean, I think price point wise, if I had to pick that or a Kemper, I would get that just because it seems more practical to bring to like live shows unless you want to buy the cabs. Well, the Kemper had you can get a Kemper with a power amp built into it. Right. Right. Which is the same sort of deal. It just doesn't have tubes. Yeah. No tubey tubes. Yeah, like and, and and then, of course, the other difference being that with the Rev, it's one amp mm -hmm. and then a bunch of different cabs, whereas the Kemper is all of the amps and a bunch of different cabs, too. You know yes, what I mean? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Different strokes for different folks. But yeah, and that I, like Rev, I can't wait to hear how it sounds. Yeah. Uh, you know, a couple more things to touch on. First, I just want to say that we've talked about it so much. Got to put a bow on it. The freaking dude so uh, suing nirvana over the nevermind cover oh is there more it's more finally in an eight-page ruling been ruled uh completely dismissed without willing uh without leave to amend meaning that they're not supposed to be able to even we're not even uh, touching this again look at it again but yeah. they the lawyers are saying that they still intend to uh appeal so 
Yeah, but I feel like that's the last time we're going to talk about it because it's it's officially done. It's just funny. Uh, yeah. And then also, I before we get to, well, really a couple things, but mainly Dave Stocks, I wanted to say that I, and you and I talked about this as well, but I still feel like it's important for the world to know that I had a bit of a sticker realization recently. This is big. I think it's kind of huge. And I said, I remember texting you and I said, oh, here it comes. <laughs> <laughs> and I let her rip and I LOL and I knew it was going to make it to the pod. So let's hear it, man. Okay. First of all, I, I, I just want to establish that I have a much more lots of fair attitude towards stickers than you do. Right. Like yeah. in general, I, I've never really stickered up like one of my good guitars or whatever, but I also don't give a shit. Like, I feel like it, do, it doesn't, oh, it doesn't revolt and me I generally in any care. way. I know yeah. that I know that, but I feel like it actually like really, just like in a, at a sort of visceral core level, just kind of revolts you a little bit when you see it. A little bit more than it does me, we'll say. Yeah. It's just, you just you just don't like it as much. Especially as much. if it's on like a vintage or something. Exactly. However, I realize when I think I would be totally super, when I think it's like, actually, not only am I okay with it, I think it's apropos. And I will say that is in within the realm of touring musicians. I And I, I'm open to this conversation. Because just imagine you're, on the road maybe for the first time you're in new orleans for the first time you're getting funky with it having some cocktails maybe you took a pill you haven't seen before (laughs) all of a sudden you've got some cool stickers from some place you ended up that night and some hangs that you had and you decide to slap that on there yeah i feel like you know at that point and then you're and then you're touring on it and you're sweating on it and you're tearing tearing, turning it up and they're fading and the stickers are kind of peeling off and and you're telling stories and you're and you're living the living that world that's when i feel like that i've i would never like you see you know hetfield or the strummer that we're going to talk about spoiler alert or like all you know all these different types of people that have these like amazing guitars with stickers on them and you'd never be like oh god i can't believe they run their guitars like no they made it there because they're a touring musician that's like that this is their freaking divining rod this is their yep. scepter and they have they have customized it Absolutely. to their own needs probably never like getting rid of that or something you know too it's like yeah a, it's a tool or it's yeah. gonna go live in the freaking rock and roll hall of fame in canton ohio i like the idea of the stickers well, it's cleveland isn't it it's cleveland canton's a, a different one. Oh yeah cleveland i think is right i've never been i think the before. nfl hall of fame's in canton that's right um the, the thing- rock and roll hall of fame's dope dude you should go. i know i really want to go um you know what's cool is we were talking about that it reminds me of you know how um Remember trunks used to be popular, like suitcases, like those really big ones from like the twenties. I've got a yeah, I've got one of those. People would put stickers on those from their oh yeah from all their journeys and their dude. That's what that's a good idea. I should I have and they get all beat up stickers and there'll be like you know it'll be like Hawaii and Berlin and like all these different places. That's a good call. Yeah, so kind of has that, which I I can dig that. It's your own steamer trunk. I like that, dude. Yeah. Uh, finally, I just want to say that uh, if the world we've talked about it before, and and also I just don't know. This might be spoiler alert for Dave's doc. I don't know, but the the Taylor Hawkins tribute happened. That's is that your Dave's doc? Oh damn it! It's okay, we'll be find, a right, fuck dude. it. Dave, it's Dave's docs. Dave's docs. It's Dave's docs. <laughs> Dude, what do you got? Dude, for what us? nice segue, by the way. That was uh, hilarious. Okay, good. So, uh, talk to the Taylor Hawkins. Did you watch tri- it? The, the entire thing. <laughs> it's six hours long. Well, I didn't just sit and watch <laughs> sure, it. Sure, sure. I had sure. it on while I was working. Yeah. Awesome background stuff, by the way. And I honestly, man, I almost oh, texted you. I got to tell you, I'm so excited to talk about this right now because I've I, only seen clips. I have so not watched much. the whole thing. There's so much. I can't get through everything. No, you have to not. watch it. One. Yeah. Uh, I totally fucking recommend it. If you guys haven't watched it, if you're like 
I don't want to watch that. I don't care. I generally like think you don't like music because it's every single musician who performed on that fucking thing was unbelievable. There was no bad act. There was nothing hacky. I did read the full lineup and and, and like each song who was on stage and it's just like, wait, Dude. what? What? Then they play what? So somebody there's a freaking uh, James Gang reunion yes. in the middle. There <laughs> Sorry sure fucking it. was, dude. <laughs> like, Walsh there's just like can ever, still shred, what, what happens? Like, um, how did this? What? So it aired on MTV.com. Yeah, uh, but archive.org has it. Yes, and you uh, sent in that HD. To me. I sent mm-hmm. that to you. Okay, cool. Um, but you can search for it, um, and it's HD. Full six hours, mm-hmm. unedited, like even the changeovers and everything. It's Do you fucking, hear that? No. That was a cat playing piano who desperately wants her treats right uh, now. Do you want to give her I'm a treat? I'm going to do it because she's right, cool. going to keep fucking And I'll, I'll kind of scan through here and remind myself. Get, get prepared. Yeah, dude. Dude, let's get into it. So uh, they had a Taylor Hawkins tribute concert at Wembley Stadium. Mm-hmm. 75,000 in attendance. Sold out basically instantly. Completely sold out. Um, the only thing I saw was they had like, like two sections that just were closed off. So like two kind of ramps of the seating in the back yeah. corner like just Where they couldn't they just didn't anyway. sell yeah, yeah it would have just been shitty seats um so you know it wasn't it wasn't mm-hmm. like a soccer game or something but fucking seventy five thousand attendance but i'm pretty sure like millions of people streamed it live because mtv.com put it up on their youtube page the full live version mm-hmm. um if you go to archive.org and search for it you will find the entire track list with um not with timestamps or anything but you'll find Every single uh, musician who was on the stage playing what song? So great that they did. Which that. was on the bottom of the link that I sent. Yep. Um, so I copied and pasted that, and I literally took notes for every single fucking performance. That's insane. Uh, I'm crazy, dude. Okay, I want to go through a bunch of it. Yeah, we won't get before all of we it. do. It'll take six hours. What was your favorite? Damn it! I didn't even think about that. You know which one really stuck out to me, and yeah. they, they opened up with this. Uh, well, no, they oh, opened really? up. They opened up with um, with uh, Liam Gallagher. Yeah. So wait, okay. Which which Liam's the singer one, not the guitar yeah, one. He's yeah, he's the singer. Um, he he just has like solo records and stuff. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people are really upset that I even just asked you that question, but I just no, it's fine. Really You're not a big Oasis that. guy. No, we no, talked I think about that, it. Yeah. Um, I like him. I respect. It, it was a good way to open it because it wasn't like really intense. It wasn't like emotional. It was just two songs, mm-hmm. and he just kind of did them. And you're like, "All right, we're kind of like we're testing." But there out were songs the you knew. Um, I knew the "Live Forever" song. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, that song rules. He opened up with one called "Rock and Roll Star," which I've heard before too. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, so then they're done. Uh, this was actually probably one of my favorites, and it was the next. That's yeah. why I was talking about it. I'm not going to go through all these, but like Nile Rodgers, Chris Cheney, Omar Hakim, doing Bowie covers. Um, oh yeah! Didn't Josh Homme do? Josh Homme comes out and they do "Let's Dance." Yeah, and now Roger says some nice stuff about Taylor, and then he's like, "You know, we're 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 a dance band, so let's dance." And then oh, they kick into it, dude, and yeah. it was just so. It was it the, was fucking I mean, awesome. The songwriter on stage, bro. Right there. The gear, everybody played cool gear. Did he play the uh, the hitmaker? He had. The oh hit yeah, maker. he did. I watched. He had the it. real hitmaker. Um, not the reissue. One. I assume it's not the reissue. It Who knows? Like the real I mean, one. He's, I'm sure he's got some like master built clone. Of, it looked of it. Yeah. damn like original yeah. to me. Yeah, for sure. Um, Chris Cheney was playing a '64 jazz bass. I thought it was a '66. Dude, sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Did you watch the foosball or see that hap- football happened yesterday? No. Uh, football was back, like NFL football. Oh yeah, started. it was on at the bar. Yeah. And uh, the halftime show was Ozzy. I didn't see that because they only played 10 seconds of a 10 minute performance <laughs> and people are really upset about it. I actually watched the performance. Can you find the performance? Though? It's on YouTube. Okay. Chris Cheney played bass. 
He's apparently, I think he plays an Aussie. He's excellent. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Okay, sorry. Um, no, no, it's fine. This guy. So what's kind of cool about this performance is like he can't, he comes back later and he's playing with other people. It's not just like these guys, these guys, these yeah, guys. Yeah, sure. Like, you had a lot of musicians doing multiple duties, playing different instruments. Is, and out. so how much was Grohl doing? Grohl was not in that group. Okay. Um, oh, they also had uh, Gaz Kumbi Kumbes, the singer of Supergrass. I never really oh. got into Supergrass. Yeah, me neither. Dude, I was I was talking to Johnny about it. He's like, dude, they were one of my favorite bands. You should check them out. Mm-hmm. And he, I guess the self-titled album, I love it. I've listened to it like twice already. Yeah. It's fucking great. What is it? What kind of stuff is They're it? They're like 90s, kind of just like 90s rock and roll, yeah. you know, just like really good vocals and stuff. Um, geez, there's so many, dude. So the singer of The Darkness performed a lot. Justin Hawkins. Justin yeah. Hawkins, which I was like, is he related? And then I had to look. I was like, oh, he's the singer of The Darkness. They just have the same last name. I literally didn't even consider that <laughs> um or is taylor hawkins his is hawkins right right no he's hawkins, hawkins. yeah well, they're yeah. both hawkins they're both right? hawkins yeah. yeah so same last name was kind of funny um they fucking he killed he's a great singer man he killed it um okay let's get to wolfgang van halen dave Grohl, shredded eruption justin hawkins and again and uh josh freeze on drums Dude. What was that eruption and what else? What other band They played you? On Fire. On Fire, yeah. I'm on and Fire. Then Hot for Teacher. And Hot for, duh, Hot yeah. for Teacher, yeah. That was the attacking Dude, lick. He nailed it. I wrote, Jesus fucking Christ, this is good. Dave staring at Wolfgang playing the intro was one of the coolest things. There's something about when Dave Grohl gets on stage. And he's just like. He's so intense. I really think, I genuinely think he makes everybody play better. Of course. He's 100% just one agree. of those guys. 100% he's a fucking agree. firecracker. Dude, I don't know if you know, there's been a little bit of controversy around that. There were a bunch of people in the guitar community saying they thought that Wolfgang was uh, playing along the tracks. And it was because he was so bad. It was so perfect. And you think about it, it's like, no. It gives me chills thinking about it. The dude was in Van Halen for years. Like, of course he's and he's the son of the guy who played. Of course he can play like that. If anyone's going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. He's been doing it for years already. And that's but yeah, his tone was identical. It's like if you would have had like, you know, name insert like awesome guitar player here. Right. Doing that same part. They would have their tone. Bone tone. Yeah. He's got. His dad's bone. He's got Van Halen bone. His name is Wolfgang. He's the name of the guitar that he plays. It's fucking awesome, dude. So that fucking shred. um, And he was playing a pretty cool big body semi-hollow guitar. Yeah. Is that his signature guitar? No, he plays... I don't know. I don't was know a if white? he has a signature guitar. I know he had a signature bass. I don't know if he has a signature guitar. Yeah, it was a white guitar. I didn't recognize it. It was really cool. But look it up. That fucking video went viral like mm-hmm. on Sunday. So I saw that like five times. So I was excited to see that. Um, They did... Uh, Last Goodbye and Grace. Oh, by, uh, right. Jeff Buckley. Jeff Buckley. Jeff Buckley uh, his daughter, Violet, sang mm-hmm. it. She did good. She she really nailed the choruses. I think she was a little nervous. She's 16 years old. She fucking... Singing to a freaking sold-out Wembley. I mean, She comes back later and completely destroys. So it was kind of like... Because Mandy was watching them. She's like, oh, it's a little rough. I'm like, babe, she's 16. Yeah. And she's playing in front of 75,000 people yeah, and, and a million people streaming it. Stuff, yeah. Um, yeah, it was just emotional. And yeah, so... That, that was, was uh, I want to say that that was one of the things that of, all, of all the clips I've seen. It's all been everyone was just like not always crying, but you dude, definitely I, there was so much. Just I got choked up at emotion. least five or six times yeah. watching it. Yeah, and the, they would do these. Um, you know, in between they would have either somebody like introducing people, or they would do like little slideshows and stuff, and that gets really emotional. Mm-hmm. You know, because they're playing music behind. I didn't it. see any of that. Stuff. Yeah, so if you watch the whole, it's like just that's kind of how they did the changeovers with all the gear. Mm. Um, that's cool. Then Supergrass came out. They're fucking awesome. Uh, them Crooked Vultures played. Oh, I'm so I, I definitely watched that a couple times. Did you watch the whole oh, thing? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, whatever, like twelve minutes or something. Uh, you know, I wrote 
will they tour again? It sounded fucking tight. I, I sure hope so. Uh, I like to see Josh back out there, man, because he hasn't performed live in since probably what the the, the Iggy Pop stuff. Uh, I'm not sure. Did, Actually, wait, it's a good question. Him? I'm not sure, yeah, but he, I, he definitely. I think part of it is also that he's been like you know, semi canceled for some stuff. So it's yeah. kind of even interesting to see that, you know, yeah. no one, I mean, obviously everyone there was like embracing him and stuff. So dude, no it was, it, and he still had his kind of like asshole stage. That's, banter. Yeah. That's what I love about him. I'm like, fuck this guy, you know, fuck like everybody who hates this guy. I'm like, he's a fucking asshole and he likes it. He owns up to it. Mm-hmm. But there's a part where uh, his kid was there. His kid's probably like five or six and he runs up to him and gives him a big hug. And you know, like they were done playing, he picked him up and then he kind of like, set him down and he ran away and he's like whose kid was that it's just like funny <laughs> dumb shit you know and he's like, but then he's like oh i'm just kidding it's mike like he had to like yeah, set right. this it was it's kind of dumb um <laughs> pretenders played with dave grohl uh chrissy hind is yeah. fucking badass dude chrissy hind is super badass she's got a great voice I've, got, I've been able to see them live that was cool uh then the james gang came out i just what yeah i mean funk number 49 dude what the soul <sighs> well, wait what's the other uh, i watched well, that. they played uh i watched that performance too they played the bomber cl- excuse me the bomber closet queen bolero and then cast your fate to the wind which is like a, a medley jam okay which dude they got fucking psychedelic and like the tone it's you're like so i have the james gang record it's one of my favorite records yeah. it's like the greatest hits record or whatever right it's got all these all three all the songs, songs that they want. played and i literally was like it sounds like the recording like like you said like people think that uh wolfgang was like yeah you this thought almost maybe they were playing a track. I thought they would have been. I will say this, dude. And Joe Walsh. I mean, I've got to say that he can really old. play guitar. He's super old, but he's a very good oh guitar incredible player. guitar player. He definitely forgot a lot of the words to "Walk Away." Uh, that "Walk Away" that's the song I was trying to. Well, come dude, up they with. hadn't played. They got back together for this. Yeah. So they didn't. I mean, I'm sure they rehearsed, but like, <laughs> fucking, let's just show up. And yeah. See what no, happens. they they sounded tight. But I will say this, dude. Like, they, <laughs> they got, definitely practiced. You guys this, were so tight. This was again like it, like kind of the emotional thing. You know, that was if you'll see like pictures of Taylor Hawkins, like he's always wearing a James Gang hat or a shirt or something like mm-hmm. that. Like, there's so many photos. It was like his favorite band. I didn't know that. Yeah, and so that's why this is so cool. They 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 reunited for this just for him. Wow. Like that was fucking like emotional, dude. It was pretty cool. Oh uh, yeah. Then Dave Grohl plays on Funk Forty Nine. Uh, Oh, they had both drummers, actually. So it was double drums on that one. You got to have double drums. Yeah, dude. So that was fucking sick. Um, oh, that's what it was. Violet came back out after that with Mark Ronson, Chris Cheney, and just Jason Faulkner, I think, was the... There was no drummer uh, for this. They did Valerie, that Amy Winehouse. Oh, Jason did. Faulkner, the guitar player, right? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, they didn't have a drummer. I think he was playing... Key- Somebody was playing keyboards too, oh. but it, it was it was really intimate. They kind of came out on the catwalk, and then they're playing, and there's just no drums. Thinking, I don't the know. Crowd's Richie Faulkner. I don't know who I'm thinking of. I'm not sure, but uh, it was it was awesome. She fucking destroyed that cover. It was. We've really talked cool. about I don't know how many like over a half a dozen lineups at this point, and I'll note that we still haven't mentioned the Foo Fighters, and I and I think that that's. Not the Foo Fighters, Foo Fighters, and I think that that's kind of interesting, and 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 I and I respect the restraint that I, I mean I know of course well, I know that so they, they play, opened they it play eventually they opened it with Liam they were the backing oh, band for him right okay and uh, then that's when I noticed um, Pat Smears uh, which I think it's the Kessel custom I believe that's what he but played. it's it's a thin body right and the Barney Kessels yeah. had a thick I deep I body. tried looking it up and nobody like I couldn't find it's it it's like it I think it may like, have been made for him exactly or maybe yeah. a one off but it looks vintage so I'm kind of like maybe it was a one off from Gibson dude and, they got that freaking Murphy lab dude it's great um so anyways yeah oh and I did notice this uh what's the other dude Chris Chef uh shiflet shiflet yes thank you he was playing a um dude from far it looked like a gold top 
But then they showed it up close when he was like soloing and it had like flame in it. It was like a gold flame. Weird. It was super you never weird. See gold it might have just been the, the camera or something, but it was kind of like this goldish beige, but it was flamed it out. It could have been like a super lemon. I don't know. Yeah, it was it was weird. It was very cool. Was guitar. it was it a newer looking guitar? Um if I had to guess, yeah, yeah. I don't think it was a vintage, but um so then oh they was this was cool. They did a they showed Taylor doing a drum solo. So that was kind of cool mm-hmm. to be like kind of an intermission yeah. thing. Um which he he really doesn't play like long drum solos. He did it was maybe like ten seconds or something. Twenty. Oh seconds. really? Yeah, it was just I was kind of like oh that was it. But it's just no, you know, dude. I've seen I've seen Foo Fighters. Yeah. He had like he had some drum. It was interesting they they chose that one because yeah. I was like oh that wasn't even really that long, but it was cool. Um, then you're gonna like this one. Brian Johnson, Lars Ulrich, and the Foo Fighters played. I did see that one. Uh, okay, you watched that. Yes. Uh, I've been with Lars. I had to. Yeah. So Lars is Lars. Yeah, it was cool. Actually, like he came out. This is Lars. He came out to the front of the stage at the end. And it was kind of sweet. He's like, you know, uh, on behalf of Metallica, like we're happy to, you know, I'm happy. He's a good ambassador. Here. He is. He is. He's a good dude. Everybody there was like, again, there was no cringe moments. Mm-hmm. There was no like, oh, that was that was forced or like any yeah, of that. They shove that in there. It really like it was really really well thought out. Brian Johnson uh, looked like he looked like a hot dog. <laughs> 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 he was about to pop, dude. That was. You leave it on the grill for a little too long. The neck, the neck. Oh my god, dude! I thought he was gonna explode. And at one point, I don't know if this was planned. At one point, uh, because he was just running out of breath. I mean, dude, anybody (laughs) try to sing a fucking ACDC song? (laughs) Justin Hawkins comes out and does the second verse. So I don't know if he was like, I gotta go save him. I gotta go fix this. Did and you kind of see him breathing and taking a break. And and then after that song, he kind of, because Grohl was out there too with him. He kind of walked over to Grohl. Brian Johnson was like. He was like, oh, that was a close one or something. So it was kind of, it was a little uh, touch and go for a second there for old BJ. But, uh, you know. Oh, and something else happened that was kind of interesting. Lars, I think he knocked his like snare drum off the stand. So he stood there for a minute while they were like putting it back. Oh. But I think he played so hard on the first song that it like fell he off the stand or something. I don't know, dude. Uh, then, I didn't know this was going to happen. Stuart Copeland came out. Right. Played with the Foos. Right. They did Next to You. And every little thing she does is magic. Which is super cool. Uh, it's Dave saying next to you, and then Gaz from Supergrass came out and did every little thing she does. Uh, then Rush played. And then Rush freaking played. Okay, so we're like three hours into this yeah, thing right. now. Rush fucking played with Dave on drums playing two of the songs. And then uh, Omar Hakim came out for YYZ because... I bet Dave was like, yeah, you can have this one. But like when they're divvying up the parts, he's like, you can take this one. Um, I, they didn't play Tom Sawyer. I was really happy. I didn't about actually that. watch this one yet. I gotta watch that. Performance. Uh, I won't spoil too much, but uh, Twenty One Twelve and Working Man were the two that yeah. Dave played on. And then uh, it was cool. Getty had his sixty uh, two jazz bass, which was awesome. Awesome. Alex with the fucking uh, Sunburst Les Paul. Yeah, just classic. Um, so that was fucking badass. There's a funny thing. This this Omar Hakim guy, dude, on fucking oh, incredible, group. dude. He played he played fucking YYZ without even flinching. Like, he literally was just, like, he took one breath at the very end. You know, there's that end outro jam thing. Oh, yeah. You see him take one big breath being like, <laughs> we're almost home. Uh, so that was cool. But they were so fucking tight, dude. I mean, it's fucking rushed, dude. It's, were, it's amazing. I mean, them also having their loss that they got to get to get together and, and play like that. Yeah. In that situation, too. Um, I'm, I guess I am going through most of these. Uh, sorry to people who are bored to death right now, but I'm, I'm Get hoping. it, son. Um. Then Brian May, Roger Taylor, uh, Rufus Taylor, 
and the Foo Fighters came right. out and performed Queen songs. Um, and I do want to do a little shout out here, man. This is pretty fucking cool. There's a singer named Sam Ryder. Uh-huh. Do you, have you ever heard of him? He's, I don't a, know. he's like a Facebook YouTube guy, kind of just like DIY singer, mm-hmm. amazing voice. Uh, well, they called him and they were like, "Do you want to do somebody to love?" And he's like, "Fuck yeah, fly me out there right now." The dude is—he's gonna be a superstar, man. Like, I, it was cool to see like somebody who was just like a normal guy, mm-hmm. you know, with an incredible voice who probably had a fucking day job, like doing that performance wow. in that show. So there were even people talking about his Sam performance. Sam Ryder. It sounds—I mean, I'm he's not got sure. long blonde hair. It just, I'm not sure if it's just a, like beard. a good name, you know, that I yeah. just like sounds like I know it, but I yeah, yeah, know. it's a it's a good name. So he killed it. Um, let's see what else. Uh, there was a little mini documentary in the middle about the Foo Fighters and like starting off and stuff. Uh, so then, yeah, okay, then the Foo Fighters played, and it. I, I don't know if you've seen the video, but uh, they do times like these, and Dave's like basically crying. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't want to cry. I've been feeling it was a rough, on, on edge myself at some points this yeah. week, so I didn't didn't do that. But uh, I I need to eventually watch uh, that. I did watch that. I, I'm not going to spoil, it, but I did watch the last song that they did. Yeah. Oh yeah. fuck, dude. It's just I I was literally like welled up. Um, I will say this. When uh, Foo Fighters came back out to play with Queen, mm-hmm. Dave was noticeably tired. Like he, I mean, I, bro, that is a marathon. And for it's that guy. not just like, oh, I'm out here playing music. He's rocking. Is yeah. his neck must have been like? I think he would have had to go to like a hospital. After Do we know how old is Dave Grohl right now? Fifty-two, fifty, early fifties. He's yeah. early fifties, I, I think. Um, anyways, I have to mention that because it was funny. But Dave was like. Looking fucking getting a beat, dude. Well, he just fucking B, played BJ, Brian Johnson, you know, two Neil Peart songs, like two of the hardest right. Rush songs in a row. Um, and then I think, yeah, I mean, I don't know if they were giving him B twelve shots back there or what, dude. But he he carried through. So then the fucking uh, the Foo's played was awesome. Uh, let's you know, let's not skip over Travis Barker, man. I, I feel like he's kind of like such a big celebrity that yeah. people kind of are just like, yeah, whatever, dude. He's fucking incredible. He's, like, he's always been an awesome drummer. And I, no you know, um, I think if anybody ever had to like take over, like, like. Dave Grohl's drum parts on like Nirvana or Foo Fighters or anything that uh, or Taylor's, you know, drum parts mm-hmm. on like a Foo Fighters tour. Absolutely. He'd be like the number one guy to do it. Like, uh, yeah. I was wondering about his tone who, who's going like, to be, who's gonna be the person. I mean, Trez Barker's too much of a celebrity to just like be a drummer in Foo Fighters. Sure. Now, but like, I really do wonder who it's, who, who it's going to have to be. Yeah. Uh, people are saying maybe Rufus Taylor. Oh, OK. Yeah. Because he's young still. And yeah. like, but again, he's young. He's like, you know, probably 20 something. You know, I don't know. So, um, I don't know. I was thinking about that too. So then, oh fuck me, the fucking Paul McCartney comes out. Yeah. Oh, oh by the way, there's a Beatle. Holy shit, dude! I was like, all right, this thing's winding down. It was kind of funny because Dave keeps coming out between you know sets and all mm-hmm. that stuff, and he's like, oh, we're not done yet. Yeah. He's like, I hope you wore comfortable shoes. We're gonna be here for a little while longer. And like, yeah, there was still like you know, twenty songs left in the set or whatever. Uh, Paul McCartney did "Oh Darling," which yeah. is one of my favorite Beatles songs. And did you watch the performance? I did, and so didn't he like? It's hadn't so he not? Perf- they hadn't played that. The first, the last time I played this, I recorded it or something. Right, I was yeah. like, "Holy shit, man!" Uh, so that's kind of crazy because that's one of my favorite Beatles songs. Almost impossible to sing. Yes, Chrissy Hines sang it. She did great. Oh, Paul didn't sing it. Himself. Paul, like they they harmonized okay, it and yeah. stuff. Yeah, um, but she kind of sang lead on it. Helter Skelter, total jam at the end. They go bonkers. How can you not love Paul McCartney? I mean. Again, dude, this was like this reminded me of like a Live Aid level, right? Like concert where you're like pick any performance, just go right in the middle of the YouTube video and just hit start, and it'll be it'll you'll be see cool. something fantastic. Uh, then the Foo Fighters played, which was fucking awesome. I did make some gear notes. Um, I won't spoil the ending and all that, but mm-hmm. uh, 
Nandy Bouchelle came out and played with him, which I thought was fucking super cool. cool. Love, She's, I mean, if anybody her. knows about like, she, you know, wanted to do a drum off against Dave Grohl and she was like 11 at the time. Yeah, young girl. She's so, so good. She's, she's, she's a star, man. Um, uh, some other gear spots. I did a lot of gear spots, uh, throughout this, but I just didn't want to read them all. Yeah. But at the end I did make some gear spots. First of all, so many drum techs, how many drum sets? <laughs> Dave, they were probably all on like on uh, movable risers. I right? think so. I think so because changeover was so fast, yeah. and there was never the same drum set twice right. on stage. Um, but Dave, Dave at one point was like, "You guys should see how many drum sets are back here, man." <laughs> and he's like, "Well, for Taylor, I guess it makes sense, you know, to have like a lot of drum, yeah. you know, stuff." Um, so that was cool. So there was just so many drum sets. If you're like a drum nerd, you'll fucking dig it. Uh, Fishman amps, I noticed, mm-hmm. which was cool. The white ones, bad fucking the ass. Acoustic Fishman boys. Uh, Marshall half stacks. The Mesas, I think, were, were for Paul because that's what he plays. The 400 T's? Yeah, he had the... Uh, no, it was... Uh, I think the it was like the plus. Prodigy head. It was like oh. the newer one. It's a tube head, but it, I think it has a solid state switch or something hmm. in case like the tubes go out. Cool. Um, it's kind of a more modern take. That's cool. Dude, this was cool. There were so many AC30s on stage. <laughs> so at one point, there was... I saw five in a row like lined up next to each other, but then there would be like one on a riser with like a, a mic yeah. and then one on the ground with a mic. Probably for and Brian, then the other for two, Brian, I think, for Brian May. Yeah, and I, I and I guess maybe and they were backups too, like yeah. just in case or whatever. But uh, a bunch of different voxes, so that was fucking cool. So um, I know you love those as a recent Vox owner. Yeah, yeah, and I mean I think I've said pretty much all I've said about it. I I really felt for Dave during this because he did a lot. I mean, he carried so much of it on mm-hmm. his shoulders. I'm sure he organized like all of it, of and course. it just seems like it was his thing. You He's know? just friends with all those people. Yeah, exactly. And like they were all friends, and everybody had a story to tell about Taylor, and it was really a fucking. It was a tribute, but it was also one of the greatest like concerts I've ever seen, man. It was fucking beautiful. And it sounded really good. It was so good, man. You have to watch the whole thing. Mm-hmm. We could have done a whole fucking episode on exactly. it. Exactly. And I feel like I already have, so I'll cut out there. But um, I also, last thing I did notice, I didn't see anybody wearing in-ear monitors. Really? Yeah. That's almost unbelievable. Yeah. Like was no all stage monitors. There were and there Those were wedges? times where like and there were times where like the uh vo- like the the tempos would fluctuate like with some of the drummers because mm-hmm. they just had they had some young drummers up there too. They I had a uh, Taylor's son play right. and that was fucking emotional. That's I did watch that. Yeah, yeah, that was that's hard to get through. Um, and he's good. He took it. He did it so drum good. Solo he's too. gonna be a, he's gonna be a star dude. The old sure. drum break. And then um, so I you know I kind of just yeah I noticed none of them but you know like you'll see the tempo I mean it's like 16 years old mm-hmm. you know so like see the tempo you know just a little bit and then it picks back up and like I was like wow I didn't even think about it I don't think anyone's playing a click I don't think anyone's doing that's like, cool it's a good no- good notice good yeah no- I'm good pretty sure I'd have to like kind of skip eye. through it again to see but I'm I'm pretty sure they weren't fucking with wires and wireless yeah. systems and all that kind of shit uh, so that was cool so I bet the after party was fucking banging oh my god it's still uh, going because at the end everybody comes on stage and you get to see everybody again you're like holy fuck I mean there was probably. 30 40 musicians involved um i have to give it a straight 10 out of 10 i think so it was it was one of the coolest fucking things i've ever fucking seen so six hours i mean you yeah it's it's a lot to dedicate to it so it's like that really speaks to how awesome it must have been that you were just like you know what else let's go like uh you know for people don't know i work from home and my wife works from home we work about four feet from each other (laughs) and she's getting phone calls all day yeah. long. So I'm either like turning it down, but enough so I can still hear and see what's going on. Or if it was like the Wolfgang one or something, I fucking straight pause it. Oh, yeah. like, I'll wait till you get off the phone because I'm watching this at full volume. Absolutely. So uh, yeah, dude, it's totally worth it, man. It one was of the so perks of working fucking from home. good. So fucking good, man. Gotta... Did you have a favorite gear spot? Was it Getty's bass? Uh, well, Getty's got that 62. It's like a seafoam green color. Yep. It's a refin. Uh, that's cool. I really liked that like 64 that Chris Cheney was playing. The uh, looked like right. a 64, 65. Only white jazz bass. Matching headstock, 
all, all vintages you can get. That fucks. It fucked hard. Dude. <laughs> so that's it for now, man. I'm gonna get some water and uh, thanks, you, get, thanks get, for letting get, me ramble get a on glug, that, one, dude. That was awesome. No, I'm I'm so I'm. So I can't stoked. wait for you to kind of watch it. You'll geek out, dude. It's it's such a gear spotting yeah. music. That, it definitely that's the sort of thing. Like maybe tomorrow, depending on what I'm doing, maybe like doing some stuff around the house. Yeah. Just like have on the screen, have it on, keep it on, keep yeah. it around, or if. Which we still haven't even talked about. If I just like randomly uh, fuck off somewhere next week to use this flight credit that I yes. have, maybe wash it on a plane. I meant so to we'll ask see. you about that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Here we go, dude. That's dude. we've had a we've had a beef. If you're still here, thank you for listening. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna cut this about in half, and we're gonna talk about some gear because there's Let's a do bunch it. That's what that we do. has come out. Uh, touch on a couple things real quick. Uh, first of all, I just want to say there's been a, a bunch of Fender stuff that's been announced, that new Aerodyne series. Yeah, I love it. Um, there's a it's Made in Japan. There's a Strat Tele PJ. No pick guards. Uh, on no anything, pick right? guards, which I think is pretty sexy. Kind of looks like the contemporary series. Yeah, it's all 80s. like rear control plates, yep. uh, basswood bodies, and Babbitt's bridges. Mm, uh, so it's like those full contact, high mass bridges. That's interesting. Did you catch prices on those? Yeah, they were like 1200 $1,299 to $1,349. Yeah, yeah. I uh, like that. Uh, it was Dolphin Gray Strat. Yeah, they're all sort of like semi pastel but... But like I really like it's like them. a new line of colors though I don't, I don't feel like I've seen those before and this makes me feel better about those other scandal Jap- Japan only uh, signature guitars that we saw yeah that I really yes. liked because they're almost the same kind of deal I think it's like almost the same series which they're like you know the, again the like no no pick guards yep. and sort of pastel colors weird pickups uh, and, and those I, I believe I looked it up and those went for 1334 uh, cool. when you convert out of the old yen because it wasn't in dollars <laughs> uh, oh and speaking of Fender uh, Jackson has has just announced that they're making their first ever the American series in Corona, California. Like, oh, wow. They've always had like their own sort of separate custom shop or whatever, and they're now actually making them in the like the Fender factory. That's very cool. Through neck construction, rolled edge fretboards. Um, this is the most ridiculous thing, dude. They have stock Lumen Lay fretboard markers. Really? Which are those like, you know, glowy side yeah, dot yeah, deals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's got like uh, you know they're 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 basic they're sh- Jackson they're shreddery guitars they've sure. got like shark tooth inlays Duncan pickups Floyd Rose bridge retail twenty four ninety nine okay so those came out you think you'd ever get a Jackson nah unless it, no unless it was the Randy Rhodes I would definitely oh have yeah one hundred percent sure and throw me some freaking polka dots on yeah, there while right, you're dude. at it and okay so those are those we're just we're gonna buzz through those but i did want to get into oh my little freaking ipad just freaked out um, i did want to get deep into a couple things real quick great because first of all our we it came out last week we didn't have time to talk about it our good buddy johnny water daredevil pedals has a new pedal out and we haven't talked about it yet it's called the aces hybrid amplifier yeah did you you didn't send me this you don't, oh i don't know if you've seen it oh no, I, don't I don't think i have okay so yeah there's an it's a new single knob it's like a boost drive sort of deal. Cool. I guess the deal is that he found it's um, the circuit in, an, in some old RCA data sheets from the fifties. It's a two, uh, two stage gain circuit with um, both one NOS germanium uh, transistor as well as one modern silicon transistor. So yeah. it's a sort of dual setup there. Um, and then he, you know, each one sort of like perfectly matched to each other does all that sort of stuff. Okay. But I guess the way it's sort of like, it's kind of the best of both worlds from the demos that I watched. It's like, you know, J- Johnny has a signature with his sound and it kind of usually it's like part sort of a battering ram and like a lot of, yes, just a lot of guitar sound. Right. Absolutely. Uh, th- this is that it's a little warmer. It's got some sweet germanium sustain, but it still kind of does that like fizzy crunchy thing that he likes mm-hmm. um, with some, with, I think a lot of people might call bite. Uh, it seems like I think it, personally, I might think of it as maybe like a solo p- type 
pedal that right. I would kick on. Kick on, or yeah. or it might be cool like you sort of set that up as like your bass drive, and then have another one that you like stack. Okay, yeah, another one on there. It's just one knob you said, right? Just one knob. Game. I guess there's. Two, I think there are two internal trim pots. Oh, okay. But I don't. I don't really know that you'd ever. Is he? Uh, is it not like that. a special run? That he's like actually manufacturing. He's these? manufacturing these, but I know that it's NOS transistors so i can't imagine like you know those don't just grow on trees man. there's, there's <laughs> right. no germanium bush out front yeah so, yeah uh he's, he's growing them in a the lab freaking 1950s yeah dude so uh yeah I, and that and and i think that speaks to the final point that i'll make which is where i ask you how much you think yeah. it costs because generally his pedals are definitely uh they're boutique but on the more affordable side they are i would say that this is i think the price is influenced by the fact that it has some sort of fancy nos components going on there yeah um yeah, it's it's interesting because usually simpler pedals like a boost or something aren't mm-hmm. generally on the high end of the price spectrum. Right. But I would have to say, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if it was I wouldn't be surprised if it was like two hundred bucks, to be honest. Buck sixty nine. Okay. I like that. <laughs> nice. I'm just always gonna guess high and then it just and makes me undercut. feel better. Or well, unless today, unless like when you guessed five thousand for a freaking dude. million dollar pedal. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. Oh god, there's so many things in here that we're gonna talk about. Okay, we gotta talk about this really fast. We've, I've been putting it off for a few weeks here. I sent this to you. Axes. Do you remember what Axes is? Oh, wait. Refresh my memory. Yeah. The best thing that I can describe it, the way that I can come up to describe it, at least in uh, the way that it appears, is a base condom. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dude. A, uh, a brophylactic. <laughs> Dude. You basically so what this product does, and I and I, you know we are not here to shit on stuff. No, generally, but this is just so ridiculous that I had to bring it up. And actually, we've talked about this base. So supposedly, it fixes an issue with both the EBO and EB three mm. as well. They make them for a number of bases, uh, mostly on SG style bases, right? Uh, I guess they are all known for having neck dive, right? And so this, you basically like it's this like base condom that. Goes on the upper horn, right? Because the button's the in the back. On the, the back, button. yeah. The button now moves up to the upper horns without you so having to yeah. alter your instrument. But then now you have to have a base a red on there. Piece is it's rubber too, isn't it? I don't know what it's made from. Um, <laughs> I did notice that they make it in four different colors, or there's four different oh reds. Actually, there are four different shades of red. What? There's black, Pelham, and then Polaris. Well, you, dude, you think about it, like it's gonna, it's like. It's gonna really stick out if it's if it's the wrong red, and then it's right. like, what is wiser? You know what it kind of reminds me of when uh, spleeners when people would put like all the duct tape around like the strap thing, like the punk, you know, scene yeah. kind of like, like Green Day and shit. Yeah, but it's kind of like the opposite. But that's that. more just to like keep the strap on at all times. Yeah, this is this is moving the Dude, strap. Dude, imagine getting yourself an Axes base condom and then throwing some duct tape on. You know what's yourself. funny though, man, and this has never bothered me. Neck dive has never been an issue for me. Like I, I P bases are supposed to have crazy, right, of course, especially lightweight ones. Yeah. Um, and people really like take that seriously. Uh-huh. They're like, oh, I, I hate P bases because they neck dive or whatever. And I'm just like, really? Like, I wouldn't sacrifice the best tone for just being like, oh, it's it neck dives a little. It bit. just like is a little balance boy. Yeah, yeah just, like, I just have to like slide it back. Just every change once your in a while. Yeah, or change your strap around. But this does solve the problem. So now when I see people complain about it, I'm just going to send this directly Axies. to them. Now right? I need to ask you, Dave. Yeah. How much does it cost? Nineteen ninety nine. Twenty four ninety five. All right, yeah. cool. It's yeah. funny. I don't know. It's, it's funny. I wouldn't buy one. No, they're just. I mean, yeah, it's just horrible. It just looks horrible to me. Uh, there's a Joe Strummer telly. Yep. 
They again. Did, they did it before. They're doing it again. Yep. I think maybe they're doing it a little better this time. I think time. it looks a little better. Uh, I've, I that was it. Might be my least favorite. The original one might be my least favorite reissue sort of like signature guitar they've ever done because it was it just it, the way that they like painted on the fake wear on well, there was horrible so there's a story you, you knew you know why right uh-uh. apparently and i read about this because i was still trying to get to the bottom of like wh- like who wants this and like mm-hmm. why he painted it himself oh yeah yeah, yeah. i so thought you talking about the reissue no but that's why like the wear and i did see a photo of him and his looked pretty jacked up too no but what i'm saying the original version yes they didn't like paint it and then like wear the paint off right. and repaint it it's they like, just a, like it was just like it looks like painted on right yes yes i agree and that was that it it's bad. was bad but apparently these new ones are and better. it comes with stickers and it comes with stickers here's the thing my friend yes i'm gonna spoil it they're 17.99 they're a road worn instrument yeah, right which and you know that means made they're mexico. made in mexico yep absolutely that's 1800 bucks Dude, for a made in mexico the made in mexico stuff is getting quite pricey it's it is very expensive that 1800 dollars. Yeah. so is the um i think it's also the the dragon um jimmy page there was Telecaster. one they did both okay they did they, american they did, and, yeah i've played both of them okay cool um yeah i mean well my thing and i said this to you and I guess they do from the custom shop make it, but why didn't they do the white one? Like, because he played a white Esquire. With the stripe. With the black sticker. stripe across it. And it's like, that could have been like, oh, we have this drummer. And no, they did. The they, well, they, they like, a, they, that was a custom shop. Yeah, and it's $20,000. super expensive. <laughs> and they made like 100 of them. Exactly. No, but I mean, like, they should issue that guitar because Fender doesn't really make an Esquire in like their standard line. I don't believe. Yeah, but that's because you can just get a Tele and then have two pickups. Right. But I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Some people, you know, it's, they're cool. Yeah, I don't know. I like. I. It's just I an interesting that's, that's choice. Two, two items in a row that I'm kind of like very like down. Well, on also why? Like, like kind of just poopy. why? Because it's like, is there something going on with the Clash? Like, are they celebrating some I'm not, anniversary? I'm not sure what's going on. to, yeah. to cause the reissue. It's not like Joe Strummer is like releasing a new album. Or, well, and you know, it's also not like Fender doesn't have like a freaking billion guitars in their product line right, right now and signature instruments. So it's, I don't. It's kind of hard to keep up with all the stuff they're doing. I don't think they've ever like re-released a guitar before like that. Like especially like a signature model. Put it back into the run. That's a good point. Like after I mean, taking it off they've for done, almost, they've done like Eric, Eric Johnson a bunch of times. They've done That's Eric true. Clapton, but they've Probably always the they've always sort of tweaked them and changed. Yeah, because like, I know like the Getty bass has just always been on the market like since '98. Really, they've never just taken it, production of that. Never taken it off. Crazy. They moved to Mex. It's a Mexican yeah. one, or you can buy a U.S. one. Was also news, but they were all made in Japan first. Mm-hmm. But the point is, like, they didn't. Take Wait, it they off. make an American version of that now? Yes. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, for a few years they have. Is it is it custom shop? No, oh. you, and honestly, used you can get them for like fifteen hundred. Oh no way! Yeah, they're great. Absolutely, I didn't know there was a U.S. Getty. Like yeah, that, and they actually make production. the one also. They have the black one with the black blocks, mm-hmm. and then they have a black one with the ivory blocks too. Ooh, which is sexy. I like the black blocks yeah. on the that Getty. Yeah, uh, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. I'm not. A, I'm not going to buy one. No, definitely not. Uh, I will tell you what, though. I would consider, especially if I was a muff man, I would consider buying this next thing we're going to talk about. Okay. Because this is actually a pretty big deal. You're going to muff save, out I'm of me right I'm now? I'm saving the best for last. Man. All right, sweet. So, Electro Harmonics, perhaps, if not your favorite, one of your top three pedal favorite In the top pedal three. builders. Electro Harmonics HX has announced the Big Muff Pi hardware plugin. Oh. So. Do tell. You look at it, and it looks like kind of a fancy Big Muff. Right. It's a you know it's pedal. It's actually which got design did they go stereo with? ins and out? Well, here's the thing, my friend. Okay, it's 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 a new design. Oh, 
Well, okay. Well, you mean the circuit, I should say. Okay. I but, meant uh, the exterior. Like, did they do oh, like, right. the, the Civil War? Like, it's a uh, brand new thing because let me tell you what, buddy. This is not your freaking mom and daddy's Big Moth. Really? This pedal, first of all, it's stereo ins and out, which is, you might be like, why is it Big Moth stereo? Yeah. This pedal has a freaking USB connection on the back of it. And you plug it into your computer. And now you have a hardware plug-in Big Muff that you can use anything that you're mixing on your computer. So rather than like, you know, because normally you, you could do something like this where you'd like tweak drums with like a sans amp, but you'd have to run sure, sure. output from your interface to uh, DI to like get the signal correct right. to the pedal. Maybe another DI to get the signal back to the, the right uh, hot hotness level if you can't trim it properly sure. on your input. Plug it back into your interface and then route the track of, through that. Yeah. Now you just plug the freaking USB cable from the back of the pedal to the front and in real time you can turn the knobs and adjust the gain and automate the freaking holy shit tone knob and the and the and the distortion, the whole shebang and and run that in your DAW. It's like your Ableton right. logic, whatever, in real time. That's so cool. And then, you know, if you want, you can just like either always have that set up and like running through or what you would typically want to do is print that, mm-hmm. you know, that like processing. So yes. you'd like find a cool setting. Maybe, I mean, you can automate every parameter via MIDI in your DAW or whatever yeah. in there and then print that and then, you know, run, you know, take that pedal and run something else through it. Yeah. Holy shit. This is kind of cool, man. Uh-huh. I've never heard anything like this. Before. And there's a, there's an actual plug in in the DAW too. So like you see the big muff. And, it, and to your, so you're asking what it looks like. It's kind of futuristic because not only does this pedal have this interface. And, and by the way, you can treat this as an actual interface to your computer. You can actually like record guitar through a fucking Big Muff interface to yeah. your computer now. Wow. Um, also, uh, which, is, which is a huge deal. This pedal has freaking presets i was gonna ask if they 10 had, presets if they had in. like settings of the different versions and stuff and so it's actually the the circuit of the big muff it's built on the 1973 violet uh, ram's head okay big muff uh and you know you can use it just as like the the best preset big muff on your pedal board too right, right? like it, it, it in stereo by the way cool. so like and that's because the you know the pedal had to be made so you can run like stereo drum tracks through it and stuff like that right. but now you can also run like anything stereo analog through it um it also has so it's got the some of those sort of fancier features you see on some of the different uh big muffs it has like tone wicker which is like a a switch it's got like the tone bypass which is a common thing people do on big muffs and that like sends it into fucking crazy town um and then 10 foot switchable presets and then i should add when it's connected to your computer, as many presets as your freaking computer can hold. Right. You know? uh, and then you can just like make a preset on your computer, dump it into the computer, into the pedal, vice versa, download other people's presets, whatever. Dude. I think this is a freaking game changer. And I think yeah. that we're going to start seeing a lot more of I would, this. That was my follow up question. I'm like, is are more people going to make these? I mean, Electro harmonics is going to make a lot more of these. Yeah. They're going to put every one of their fucking pedals into this same yeah, box and then just, you know, it's the it was smart to do the muff the, first too. Oh, of course, yeah, that's, that's like their freaking iconic it. pedal. Yeah, yeah. And a big muff is a great tool to run in your computer because 
you know, it, it sounds awesome running like a kick drum and a snare and through oh, a super yeah, blown yeah. out pedal and like blending that in and having that option. Yeah. And then have, being able, it's just, there are other products where it's like you get sort of hands on control of still digital things, but this is hands on control of analog things. Of an analog, too, yeah. Of, of Big Muff. Hardware, yeah, exactly. Which is, I mean, everyone likes a Big Muff. I'm not the biggest Big Muff fan, but I'm a big fan of this Big Muff. Man, I'm really curious to hear it versus like, you know, maybe versus the Kemper or something like that where you can get that get that tone. You know. I've I watched the like, like would it be worth taking up space I guess is video well it's a different thing like right the Kemper you'd still have like you'd t- in order to do what I just described there's no like plug-in version of a Kemper like, right there is a, a, a computer there's like a, a an app I use on my computer to control it yeah but and I run it into my of course I run it into my interface and record with it all the time direct yeah but you're, I'm not automating I, I could via MIDI automate it but you're not you're not like it's a different, it's a different, I guess it's a different, it's not as much of a plug and play integration yeah. as the electroharmonics would be. Right. Right. That's fucking rad, mm-hmm. dude. I love Granted, it. you're talking about the difference between a Kemper, which can do any pedal or guitar amp yeah. all the time versus literally just one, thing, yeah. one big muff circuit. Yeah. Right. But again, I do think like maybe if you use a big muff a, a lot or like that's a, what some I was delays, thinking. You just love that pedal or like, it's like yeah I, I could really see this with reverbs and delays yeah, becoming popular because too, I mean all it is is just like going back to the old rack mount processors that mm-hmm. we everyone used to use all the time and yeah. I still have sitting next to me but like putting them back into pedals with a with a USB connection yeah I my only potential qualm with it is that then you're so like I've got you know very high-end converters and like fancy interface stuff when you're doing it with a big muff like you're using that things it's it becomes an interface so like the conversions happening within that right so yep. i do wish that there it was a way to like more cleanly still use all my like fancier converters and and stuff that's built into my interface already and not have to use the ones in the big muff but you know that's that's a that's a trade off i'd be willing to make to be able to get the just like hands on yeah. control like that yeah. i think I love it, dude. I want to see more. Like, I'm already like, because yep. I'm not a big muff guy, but like, I could definitely see getting, dude, like the micro synth or something. Oh, <laughs> that'd be so sick. Hallelujah. Oh, Can you shit. imagine being able to MIDI fucking to MIDI automate a that synth? The, the, like right. You normally, like, you've talked about when you had that in the studio and you would like, I was literally like, Charlie's fingers. playing and I'm like moving the sliders. All you do is just solo. draw a curve in Ableton and now oh, that's done. Oh, that'd be so Dude, rad. I would fucking buy, I'd buy that the in shit out of that. I'd buy that in a heartbeat for Dude. sure. Dude. Oh, and they're going to do it. I guarantee yeah. you. If this is not if, the biggest flop of all time, which I don't think it will no. be, their people are going to do it. So is it out? Uh, good question. I don't, I think it's pretty Do you have a price? Point? I do have a price. Oh, baby. And you know that Electromonics prices stuff real fucking goofy. Yeah, they so do. Don't expect you can get stuff for 50 bucks or stuff for no, but I mean, it'll be like, uh, you know, oh, yeah, 57, 93, 86. Yeah, exactly. yeah, right. Uh, so, okay, thinking about we're talking about basically like the uber big muff with all the trimmings we're talking about stereo io yep. we're talking about a two in two out full-on usb recording interface we're talking about 10 presets built into the pedal on a foot switch as well as as many presets as your freaking computer can sure. want all that in mind Dude. how much do you think i'm gonna say i'm gonna say 187.62 Whew. Close? Not really. <laughs> Higher? <laughs> oh, wait. Let me take one more guess. Yeah, yeah. Go up? Yeah. Uh, 366.25. Dude, okay. That was, that was closer. Closer? 328.90. <laughs> I love their present, dude. <laughs> Goofballs, man. Uh, you know. 330, It yeah. sounds like a lot for a big muff, but then, you know, 
I just, I, I, it's not, it's not a big, it's not just a big moth. Well, it's, it's such a cool thing for like anyone who has a studio. Yeah. Cause you're like, I mean, if you're, if you're, especially if you're a professional mixer, I think that's it's what I mean. No yeah. Right. But if not, if you're like looking for a very, an awesome big muff and you do like, maybe you're the sort of player that has like two freaking big muffs on your board so you can have different sounds on it right. already. Like I could see the making the case for wanting to have a bunch of presets on there too with the tone wicker and tone bypass and stuff. This is a really innovative thing. Man. It's cool. I like it. A lot. I know. Me too. I was very. I saw. Also saw this like last minute today. I was just. Did like, you? We've got it. We've got it. Shout out to this on there. Man. Yeah. That's so cool. And they're such an old company. It's cool to see old companies still. Dude, doing Mike stuff Matthews like this. is the shit. Yeah. Love that Genius. weirdo. Yeah. Wow, that is a beefer of the longest episode of all it, time. It's gonna be pushing it. Uh, we had a couple of freaking. We took a couple of field took a trips. Couple breaks. Yeah. Uh, wow. And again, I have so much more that we didn't even get to. It's literally so. getting dark. It's outside. getting dark outside. That's how. That's how long we've been going. Well, my friend, thank you for being here and doing this with me. It's been, my, you, been the highlight of my freaking Friday. And congrats on the base. I think it's a keeper, man. Thanks. I oh, that's not going anywhere. Yeah, damn right. That's uh, I I. I would be more likely to sell back your P base at this point than <laughs> to you than keep this because it's so funny. and it's so you man you're the Gibson guy that's I mean, that's it's, really it's the perfect. main reason yeah right? it's perfect but uh, you know love doing this with you love yeah, you too, buddy. with you and folks we love doing this for you and with you because um, without you there would be no the show none that's of right. the show and if you did happen to stay with us to the end thank you so much thank you and why don't you go make some music Whew. yeah that was a long one bro I mean my Dave's doc must have been fucking sore going along or something.